You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 128 of the podcast. We're back after a week off. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you as always. We're here to do cap or no cap and tee up what's going to be a fantastic Stanley Cup Finals matchup that gets going on Wednesday night. First of all, how are you guys doing? Cloud nine, Harp. Feels like summer of Casey part two. Uh, Part one was last year, but it feels like I'm topping it. I've had like a million great weekends in a row and i've got a ton of great stuff planned for the next few weeks too um you know i've got i'm mentally living in toronto i've got my summer house in collingwood and the cottage in north augusta so feeling pretty bougie uh nowadays and uh yeah all things are great yeah it seems like every weekend casey's in toronto and i'm just like i look at his snap map or like find my friends or whatever and it's like oh casey's two blocks away uh what's up Uh, you know how's it going um i had a good weekend this weekend guys and it was nice to kind of take a week off and just watch some hockey there wasn't much to talk about last week and now we're able to preview the stanley cup finals which is gonna be amazing but like i was saying i had a good weekend this weekend we celebrated uh john kiriaku guest on the podcast gonna be a future guest here next episode more than likely uh he got called to the bar so he's officially a lawyer now and we were celebrating that and it was a fantastic time so all in all, just ready to get into this episode. Um, oh, but before I do, I wanted to say, did you notice this vintage NHL shirt? This was, Oh, yeah. I, nice. I, I got this at a thrift store. Um, it was funny because Paige and I went to a wedding uh, last weekend and there was like a break in between, between like the ceremony and the after party. So like we went to a thrift store in our wedding clothes so like first of all we didn't fit in not the typical attire at a thrift store but it was just kind of funny but anyways i picked this up it's an all-star game shirt from the 2000 all-star game in toronto and i just looked it up beforehand like some of the names that were playing in this all-star game guys and like oh my god it gets sick to name a few like on on team world here we've got matt sundin timu solani you know sergey zubov pavel bure yammer yager etc and then on team north america you've got rob blake ray bork scott gomez case for you owen nolan you know mike medano steve eiserman i just thought it was funny and you know that i got the shirt and then i see all these great players and it's like that was such a great time to watch hockey and i feel like now like we have equally equal amount of superstars in the league that like we just take for granted more probably more more, probably more that we take for granted but these guys kind of paved the way so i thought it was cool to to kind of bring it full circle there you are everything wrong with thrift shopping honestly why you're wearing a suit or nice fancy clothes in a thrift shop like all the people who need to go to a thrift shop to get bargain clothing to like you know get through are looking at you like i hate this guy so much him okay. and his stupid mustache and trying okay the the difference is it wasn't necessarily a thrift store it's like a vintage like a curated vintage store so it's a bit okay. different but it's you know i kind of get the sentiment but yeah all right i cool. take back the stupid mustache thing all right like all right <laughs> Uh, everything else stands <laughs> glad to hear you guys are doing good uh i'm doing well uh had a good weekend here in brockville i was at the Keystorm and and uh went up to kingston actually and had a nice lunch at lone star with with mag and we went to check out beer fest for a little bit and so that was fun it was just great to see that event happening again and see so many people up at fort henry so that was awesome and i got new internet guys as we were talking about off air so uh hopefully my connection is a little bit better and i'm not the only one lagging on this podcast and so uh finally did that and i have to thank our good friend connor chad who uh works for bell of course and and uh helped set this whole thing up so got it done today just in time for the podcast so i hope you guys are happy with me yeah well you're uh, on these calls you're only as strong as your weakest link on like a skype call and you were freaking paper mache 
Yeah, we're happy, Harp, that you got it done. And you said Connor works for Bell. You do, too. So I don't understand what took so long. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Just uh, a little bit of laziness and some other factors in there. But hey, we got it done. That's all that matters, right? Um, all right. So we've got uh, cap or no cap, as we mentioned off the top. And then we're going to preview this great Stanley Cup final between the Lightning and the Avalanche that gets going on Wednesday. You're now listening to Cap or No Cap right here on the Boys in the Booth podcast. No cap, this shit bussin'. So, guys, I have three questions for you two for Cap or No Cap, and there's a theme here. It's about guys that uh, could be on the move this offseason. So we'll start with this one, and it has to do with the team that was just eliminated from the Eastern Conference Finals, and that is the New York Rangers. Capo Cackle was a healthy scratch in Game 6. I'm sure you guys saw that. So, cap or no cap, Capo Cackle will receive an offer sheet this summer. Case, you want to go? I lost I lost you guys for a bit. Okay. Well, we're back now. Uh so the question was cap or no cap? Caco Caco receives an offer sheet this summer. I'm going to say cap to that. I don't think that that happens just because we see offer see- offer sheets so seldomly and I think for a player like Capo Caco, the compensation just wouldn't be there. There wouldn't be any uh incentive for New York to not match an offer sheet presented. I think, you know, a deal for Capocaco, even if it were to be an offer sheet for, say, you know, a long-term deal, I don't think it's going to be so high that New York says, no, nah, we're not going to match this. I think he does fit in to that, to their long-term plans. I think he's just struggled a bit, obviously, over the first few years of his career. And you guys know how I feel about this. And same with Lafreniere. I don't think they play enough to uh you know because they're high quality players i just don't think they play enough um but yeah so i'll say i'll say cap to that there's no way he gets offer sheeted this offseason case what do you think okay i'm gonna say cap to him being offer sheeted i think that no one really knows how much to pay uh capo caco at the moment and on top of that they don't really want to give up the picks if they are going to push a a high-end offer sheet on him so i'm going to say cap to the offer sheet but I uh, fully believe that he is a trade piece in in this summer, and I don't expect him to be on the Rangers next year. Um, You talk about Lafreniere and Kako kind of in the the same breath there, but two things drastically have happened with those two guys. Drastically different. Lafreniere is getting a lot of playing time right now. Oh, sorry. Rangers suck it. Um, he was getting a lot of playing time in the playoffs in the in the late parts here. He he was an important p- uh, piece there and and was contributing in the playoffs. Capo uh, Caco was scratched and when asked about it, Gerard Gallant said, "I was trying to win a hockey game. That's why I scratched him." So. I don't think that he is in their long-term plans. And I think that the Rangers are heavily into win now mode. They've got a lot of young players already as it is on that team and more coming. So I think that Capococco has kind of worked himself into a, a trade piece to kind of push for another, another win now item. That's going to get them further in the playoffs next year or as far would be a good goal for the Rangers because I think they've, they pushed the limit this year. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's fair to say that Kako didn't contribute in the playoffs. I think that kid line was really good, even though he was the third best player on the line. You know, it was Heedle and Lafreniere were, were playing really well, and then him as as, as a third guy. But he, I think he still contributed a decent amount. But the problem is, all season long and all last season, like, the guy plays like 12 minutes a night. Like, what are you supposed to do with that much talent, you know, when you're playing in a third line position like to me it makes no sense he hasn't been giving a given a proper opportunity and i think you know what's the classic like if he goes and plays with mcdavid or something or if he were to play with matthews and marner like 
you would see the skill just completely blossom if he were to play 15 to 18 minutes a night. I never once said that Capocacco is a bad hockey player. No, I know. In, in what I said there. I know. Like, I just don't think that there's room for him in New York. I, I, I don't think he's ever going to get the playing time of his skill caliber. So I think he needs to be moved to a team that's rebuilding and has a, a strong piece to send back, whether that's like an Arizona or something, or Chicago or, or whoever. Um, you, you talk about all the, the trade pieces out there, all the, the UFAs available, all, all the guys talked about on the move. We're going to talk about two more right here. So I think that Capocacco is, is definitely the Rangers like dangling him right now because he's yeah. the easiest piece for them to move. Yeah, one more thing about Kako before we move on. I think what could maybe impact his future with this hockey club is Vitaly Kravtsov coming in on a one-year, one-way deal at less than 900k. That could be a really good deal for a season and a great opportunity for a young kid that we've been waiting on with all of the guys that they have to re-sign and uh, and all of the cap space that they have to use. So uh, I, I'm with you, Case. I think that Kako could be a trade piece, but uh, I wanted to throw the uh, wanted to throw the offer sheet question out there with regards to him. Okay, uh, let's go to the other side. The team that was eliminated in the Western Conference Finals, the Edmonton Oilers. So cap or no cap, Mike Smith will not be back with the Edmonton Oilers next season. Uh, I'm going to say no cap or sorry, cap. He He's going to be with them. He has another year and I don't think any other team is looking to take on Mike Smith. So I think, uh, he's either there or he's retiring. And, and those are the two options. Yeah. Case I'm with you. Those are the two options. I think he does come back though. So I'll say, uh, cap as well. Um, I think before Miko Koskinen signed in the Swiss League, the chances would have been higher of Mike Smith moving on or even Mm -hmm. retiring. But I think now, um, you know, he's the only goalie under contract uh, other than obviously some younger, you know, Stuart Skinner or whatever. But he's the only experienced veteran goalie under contract now. And I think that means he's the guy. And he was pretty good down the stretch. Like, I know we all rag on Mike Smith and I'm probably the, the biggest one for that the biggest culprit but um yeah i just think he's back i don't think he's quite done yet i don't think he retires um yeah i think they they definitely push to pick up an, another starting goalie for sure but he he's definitely he's the roster guy right now and Stuart skinner will see where he ends up and then you know halfway through the season you're going to see mike smith be phased out because they've got a one and they've got skinner yeah, and we know he's had injury troubles in the past too, so you don't know like how another season will go for for the veteran netminder. But I guess we'll see. And also, Harp, I wanted to mention too from the last question, Kratsov. Um, I think he's in the KHL by Christmas next year. By the way, just just saying. <laughs> well, and and going back to Mike Smith, like. I asked that question, and obviously I said off the top, like, there's a theme, guys on the move, but I wanted to ask about Smith, knowing that the other option, if he's not in Edmonton, would be that he's retiring. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think he'd be willing to go and play in Arizona for a season or or something like that. Uh, He wants to obviously win as long as he's playing but uh the guy's not getting any younger and he's banged up uh so we'll have to wait and see if he decides to hang it up or not but i agree i mean as much as we rag on him he was excellent for the oilers and uh was definitely part of the reason why they got as far as they did and uh the third one we kind of we kind of spoiled this one off air, but I, I wanted to I wanted to ask you guys about this player, and that is David Pasternak. So David Pasternak will be moved by the Boston Bruins this offseason, cap or no cap. I'm going to say no cap. There's a lot going on in Boston that does not look good at the moment, and it's looking full-blown rebuild. There's a possibility that Bergeron's going to retire. Marchand's going to miss a good chunk of the season from surgery, same as Charlie McAvoy. Um, It's looking pretty gloomy there, not to mention the fact that Pasternak is not happy with Sweeney after firing head coach Bruce Cassidy. Uh, Sounds like they had a good connection there, and he was not happy about that at all. Um, 
I think all things point towards major rebuild. Poor Taylor Hall. Oh my God. <laughs> Sucks to be him right now. Um, so yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that are going to be knocking on that door to, to try to get a piece of David Pasternak, not to, you know, the devil's, to mention one, that's for sure. Um, I really hope they're they're pushing to make a big move there. And a second overall pick is a pretty good way to start a rebuild. I agree. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I, I definitely see David Pasternak moving, but um, knowing Boston and, and the Boston f- uh, fan base and, and sports in general in Boston, I think there's going to be a friggin' riot if they do a full blown rebuild. So that kind of makes me want to change my answer, but I'll <laughs> stick with it. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I'm leaning case. So I'm going to say cap. I think there's zero chance that Pasternak moves this offseason just because, like you said, case, the Boston faithful will go nuts if they do a full rebuild. I don't think that's where they're headed right now, at least yet. Um, You know, you mentioned Marshand is going to miss a bunch of time. McAvoy is going to miss a bunch of time this upcoming season. I feel like the firing of Cassidy is Sweeney telling this group like, okay, we just need a change. We feel like maybe he lost the room and we need a change to get guys going and motivated because they realize they're going to be missing two really key players down the stretch. They need guys to come in, step up and just get them to the playoffs because I feel like management there still thinks that they're a contending team. So, And I think Pasternak is included in that. That's how I feel. Like when I read the situation as an outsider, I feel like that's how they're thinking right now. They still think they're contenders. They just have to get to the playoffs and then see what happens. So I think there's zero chance they move Pasternak. In fact, I think there might even be a better chance that David Krejci comes back than David Pasternak moving. I just don't see how they expect to make the playoffs without uh, two of their top line players no one down the middle your best defenseman being out it's like uh, i'm not saying they're right signs. i'm not saying I'm, right. there's one there's one more piece that's sounds like he's on the move i'm not going to say his name because i want to avoid saying his name when talking about trades with boston because he's been talked about for the last three years being traded out of there um Jake i'll DeBrosky. leave it there yeah. no, fuck <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jake DeBrusque is also uh, uh, it looks like he's on the way out I don't know if you've said that a hundred times so it doesn't really have any merit but like they have no one down the middle and we've talked about that a lot um, I mean I like Eric Howla but he's I not a think 2C. he's a 2C two, two and he's definitely not a 1C they don't have one of those if Neither is Charlie Coyle yeah so I mean, trading for a two overall pick when you can get Logan Cooley is a pretty good way to start fixing that center depth pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. I, obviously, I, I you know I'm, I'm reading into a lot of the Devils talk around it, but I think in general, Boston, it's looking pretty gloomy in that division to be trying to make the playoffs or listen, in the Eastern Conference in general. Listen, I totally agree. I just think. Like, I'm not saying I agree with what they're doing, but I just feel like they think their team is still competitive and they're going to find out a way to get it done in that window. Like they just signed uh, Lindholm for eight years. Yep. Yeah. So what what I'll uh, concede on here is if they don't trade Pasternak and they don't make the playoffs next year, then Sweeney's gone. And then it's then wild card yeah who knows what's gonna happen yeah well they fired the wrong guy it seems anyways right like can we agree on that like i don't think it was bruce cassidy's fault i mean he got that roster without a second line center or really any forward depth that is meaningful into a playoff spot in a really tough division with over 100 points so i have him as a top five coach in the entire league yeah and someone's gonna pick him up too and the thing is like he didn't he was told he was safe two weeks before he got fired so that's, I mean, that's just a rough play and, and a rough look for, for Bruins management there. But mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know? You know, and, and Boston is one of those markets. You guys kind of mentioned this. And, and there's three markets, and there there could be more, that there's just, they should be rebuilding at this point. But there's just no appetite in the market and at Chicago. the top with ownership to um to rebuild and that's boston 
That's San Jose and that's Philadelphia. Chicago too. Chicago Chicago too. as well, yes. Now it looks like they're gonna rebuild no matter what. I'll and, believe it when I see it. I'll yeah, believe I it mean, when I see it. We'll see. But yeah, I just like Boston is in there for me and they yeah, they fired the wrong guy. I think Bruce Cassidy got the most out of this roster. I, I think that uh, I think that Don Sweeney has done a really poor job at con- constructing this roster overpaying um aging veterans and uh they have a really thin pipeline obviously we've talked about it many times the 2015 draft with the three picks in a row sticks out like a sore thumb um and trading Pasternak could you imagine the haul that you would get in return whether it's from a New Jersey or an LA or whatever so I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to kind of give my two cents on the Bruins obviously we posted something uh, about them and and the rebuild on our Instagram but uh yeah we'll have to we'll have to wait and see uh all right that does it for cap or no cap guys so thanks for that great answers and uh now we will tee up the stanley cup finals so starting with the colorado avalanche they've had a good chunk of time off now uh after sweeping the edmonton oilers in the western conference finals what an addition Arturi Lekkanen has been for this team uh the second year in a row with Two different teams. He scores the game-winning goal to uh, send one uh, both teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Kel McCarr, unbelievable. Nathan McKinnon, unbelievable. Darcy Kemper looks like he's going to be back and ready to go for this series. Then over to the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the New York Rangers in six games. They lose the first two, which was kind of a surprise after the gate or uh, out of the gate, excuse me. And then Andre Vasilevsky does what he does. He locks it, uh, locks it down and they win four straight and, and win the series and they're off to the Stanley cup finals for the third year in a row. So uh, a thought on both of these teams and then your predictions uh, for this Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Case, we'll start with you, man. Yeah, it, it's going to be exciting and it's going to be hard to predict. I mean, you've got the best team in the West in the regular season and now in the playoffs. And then you have the two-time Stanley Cup champ in, coming out of the East after after beating some pretty good teams. Um I think that when, you know, when you say that, you have to start thinking kind of outside the box when you're going to try to predict who's going to win here. And I've got a couple reasons why I think that Tampa Bay is going to complete Nate Ganyu's fantasy name and be the Tampa Bay three-peats. <laughs> um, I think they're going to do it in six games, too, because by time Colorado is able to adjust to uh to the way tampa plays uh their decor and their goaltending i think it's going to be too late and tampa will win it at home in game six um so a couple things here that i i want to point out so first time colorado has been matched depth wise on superstars and that cannot be said with tampa bay after the first round Toronto can match them depth-wise on superstars. Colorado, I say depth-wise because they've just played Edmonton and they got McDavid and Dreisaitl. But after that, it starts getting a little bleak in Edmonton, whereas Colorado is just a preful of, of superstars. McCarr and Landis Gog and Rantanen and McKinnon. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, Tampa Bay can match them here. Another thing that Colorado has not seen yet in this playoffs is a goaltender like Vasilevsky. I mean, there's no other goaltender like Vasilevsky, but they haven't even been close. There's been Ingram and Riddich, then uh, split split goalies in St. Louis, which is never a good sign in the playoffs. Uh, and then Edmonton, Mike Smith, who was good, but he's not on. He's not even on the same planet as Vasilevsky in my mind. So they have not seen that yet. And then another thing is they have not seen a decor like this yet. They played Nashville who, you know, it's good, not great. It's not what they used to be. And it's certainly not Tampa Bay. Um, St. Louis, again, another good, not great decor there. They, they've lost a few big pieces on the blue line, uh, you know, Petrangelo for, for one. Never heard of and him. then the Edmonton Oilers, we rag on their decor all the time, and they picked them apart in that series. So they have not seen a decor like this. They have not seen a goalie like this, and they are matched on superstar talent. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay because they've got it. They've got everything. 
Yeah, Case, a lot of good points there. Um, before I get to my prediction, I just wanted to ask you guys, do you think this is the best final we've seen since 2011? Like, for me, when I go back and look through all the finals appearances that that we've witnessed and watched, like, you know, dating back to to the salary cap era, the beginning of the salary cap era, like, I can't find a more intriguing final than than these two teams because like you said case like this is best on best and we haven't seen this in a long time and i think the last time we did was in 2011 when boston took down the uh vancouver canucks so that's a good that's a good series um i can think of a couple that i really enjoyed like la and the rangers was yeah, a very yeah. good series that was an exciting one to watch pittsburgh Obviously, nashville was a fun one too pittsburgh nashville good mostly because of the crowd in nashville yeah. and, and and then the talent in pittsburgh so there's a few ones there but honestly i think that these are the best two best teams i think that if you put either one of these teams in the last decade of stanley cup finals they're gonna win yeah yeah they're both extremely good um so Money Puck has, and I always go to Money Puck, they have Colorado winning 56% of the time. And that's, you know, what, what they that's say. That's home ice advantage. That's their that's odds. That that's 50-50 basically. And then an extra game at home. Yeah. Um, so Money Puck has the l- most likely scenario in this series is Colorado winning at home in game seven. That's their most likely scenario, 18% roughly, that that will happen, and that's what they predict. Um, For me, though, Case, I'm with you. I have to go with Tampa Bay, not only because I have $50 on the line here. I'm bet 365, pays out 325 if they win. That'd be sweet. But uh, just because I just think they're better um, for a lot of reasons. So let's get into it. Offensively, I think actually Colorado has the edge. Despite Nazem Kadri being out, they've scored a ton more goals than than Tampa Bay has, and they have the best goal differential in the playoffs right now by a shit ton. Like they, this team can score goals, and I think not only does that come from their forwards being so good and so deep. Like guys, they have five guys who are over a point per game right now, but it also goes back to their back end too, who generates a shitload of offense. Whereas I think Tampa Bay's back end is better in my opinion but is just better defensively and more specialist types like you've got a zach bogosian you know who they dress 7d and bogosian just kills penalties basically and they've got a lot of specialists who do a lot of stuff you know in in exactly what they do best so i think for that reason colorado has the edge up front because they score more but i don't if I could just yeah, jump yeah, in yeah. before you get a bit sure. before you get away from the offense yeah. is um, I agree that Colorado has the edge here, but there's one thing that is kind of missing in my mind in Colorado, and those are like gamers, and and that's I mean Lekkinen has become one of those, that's for sure. But I'm talking about like Pat Maroon and and um, Corey, Corey Perry. Perry and and like. You don't count Palat as a superstar all the time, but that's a guy you just always have to watch in the playoffs because he scores some massive goals all the time. Like there's so many gamers in in Tampa Bay and depth wise, so that 100%. like you have to split up the the offense in my mind in two categories with with these two teams. You could do it all all playoffs except with these two teams. You got to go like top top end scoring versus voodoo playoff nonsense in pat maroon it's it's crazy guys who step up to the plate that's a that's a really good point because you know how i mentioned colorado has five guys who are a point per game tampa bay only has one it's nikita kucherov you know Mm -hmm. palat isn't a point per game stamkos isn't a point per game um you know victor hedman isn't but they just have so many guys who do the right thing and one of my favorite players you know because because you hate to play against them is anthony sorelli because he just is so effective at shutting down offense. Another, another gamer. Exactly. So Ross yeah. Colton. Ross like, Colton. Just keep there going you go. With this team. They've got Nick so Paul. many guys. Oh, and Nick Paul too. They've got so many guys who just know how to get it done. And and yeah. So offensively, like I think in terms of pure goals, Colorado could outscore Tampa Bay in this series, just like Toronto did in round one. But that doesn't mean you're going to win the series. No. Because I think. Like, you know, as as much as Colorado scores, I, I think these games are going to be low scoring affairs because, first of all, it's a Stanley Cup final. 
it's always low scoring. It's not running gun offense. Teams get, you know, everybody's working their tail off and playing extremely hard defensively and everything. But also that's how Tampa can beat you. They can they can outscore you or they can shut you right down. And I think it's going to be a bit of a combination of both, but I think there's going to be more shutting down. For I sure. think the first game will be over eight goals. You think so? And then it will be like very tight for the rest. Yeah. I mean, I could see that just as they feel each other out and kind of, yeah. yeah. you know, adapt after that. Um, okay. That's offense for me. Defense. And that's kind of how I've done it for our predictions. I do offense, defense, goalies, whatever. And then special teams I threw into defense edge Tampa Bay. Like no question. You guys like no one can argue that I already mentioned. I think that Colorado scores more from their back end, but Tampa dresses seven D regularly. They all do a specific task. They all play with each other. Like, and and they're all really good defensively. So, like, there's not a single guy on that back end who I'd be worried to have out on the ice against any of Colorado's top guys. And that's saying something if you're playing 7D in a game. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, goaltending. I got to give the edge to Tampa Bay, even though, you know, Francis has been pretty good and they're expecting to get Kemper back, who had a really good regular season this year. It's just like, how can you go against Andre Vasilevsky? He's the best yeah. in the world. Yeah. Like if and Vasilevsky were to retire today, he's a top five goalie of all time, in my opinion. Wow. Yes, I agree. Um, one thing to like to to bring back that we've talked about before is this decision about goaltending too. Like I hate going into a series with having to make a decision on who's going to be your goalie. Do you stick with Francis because he's been like dynamite, or do you go back to Kemper who might be back from injury? Is he fully a hundred percent? You know, there's it's in the air. Whereas Tampa Bay is going with Vasilevsky, then like. It's 100%. You don't have that worry in your mind. You don't have that worry as a player, as management, as coaching, anything. It's, yeah. it's, there's really something to be said there. Well, Case, yeah. we were saying this before we started recording. Like, I've noticed this playoffs that you're only as good as your starting goalie. And that's not me saying that like Jack Campbell wasn't good in the first round or whatever, because, you know, he was okay and Vasilevsky was okay in the first round. But you've just seen so many goalies just carry their teams. And we saw it last year with Carey Price, too. And like you're only yeah. as good as your starting goalies. So. Yeah. And that's why the Rito St. Lawrence Kings never won anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goddamn. Rude. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to compare for these two teams was special teams so far in the playoffs. Um, for power play, I think the edge goes to Colorado. They're at 33.1%. Tampa Bay is at 22.6%. But penalty kill, which I think is probably going to be more important, the edge goes to Tampa Bay. They've killed 82.5% of their their penalty kills against, and Colorado's at 75.7%. So they're, they're pretty similar in, in both stats, but I think... At the end of the day, Tampa Bay is going to get this done. They're going to repeat. They're going to three-peat, rather. They're going to win me my money, and I've got them taking it in seven games. Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing they have to do, talking about special teams, is smarten up. They've yeah. been taking a lot of penalties this year. so Yeah, mm -hmm. they have. So you their know, opponents, I though, I was looking at that earlier. Like They're one of the, the most calls for and against in the playoffs this year. Yeah. I think they're number two. Corey Perry draws four penalties a game. Yeah. They also played Toronto in the first round, which Toronto took way too many penalties in that series, which added to it for sure. Yeah. No, I, I mean, great points by, by the both you guys. And, and uh, Tampa Bay has had the harder path. Like, as you guys pointed out, Colorado has had two sweeps out of their uh, previous three series in this playoffs. and. Tampa Bay went to a game seven in, in round one and then, um, you know, a, a very, a very good uh, second round series for, for them. Um, I'm blanking out here. Who did they, who did they play in the second round? Florida. Yeah, Florida. That's right. Sweeping the Panthers. The battle of was, Florida. That wasn't even a battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's why I blanked out because the Panthers just weren't there so for that series. But yeah, I mean, one sweep for them, and and then you know the the Rangers gave them a a, a scare early on, but they just have that ability to 
pull it all together and to shut down the opponent. And I think that this is what this series comes down to. It's who can out goaltend and out defend the opposition. And that's the Tampa Bay Lightning. I've bet against them before. I'm not going to do it this time as much as I would love to see McCarr and McKinnon hoist that Stanley Cup in Colorado. They deserve to be here. I mean, there's no question about it. They're a phenomenal hockey team. How can you go against the Tampa Bay Lightning and and that goaltender and that defense that just shuts you down? I think Colorado, like you guys said, is the more skilled, faster team up front. But Tampa Bay just has that ability to shut you down. And they just they don't get down on themselves. They know exactly what to do and how to do it. And so I, I can't go against them. But it's going to be a phenomenal series. I should mention as well, you know, just some question marks I have with, with Darcy Kemper. I ultimately do think that he he has to be your guy. If he's healthy and ready to go and, and you're Jared Bednar, you have to go to him game one. Is he healthy? He's ready. Is he ready? Do you know? I don't know if he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be back for the series. Like, I don't know. Oh, like he's going to be ready for game one. But it sounds like he is back and ready to go. So, um, yeah, I just Tampa's Tampa. Like, (laughs) you know, there's been a saying this playoffs. Oh, they got tampered again. Like it's it's a real thing. And so I'm taking the lightning in seven games to complete the three peat. Um, we're, we're witnessing one of the greatest goaltenders uh, in, in front of our eyes. And, um, like, do you guys not think you could argue too, that I know Nikita Kucherov is kind of up and down sometimes and you get a better effort one night and, and the next night he's not that much of a factor, but you could still argue that this guy's a, a top five player in the league sometimes. Like, could you not? Led the league in scoring yeah. with 128 points the one year. Like, his passing ability <laughs> is ridiculous. Like, am I am I wrong with that? Or Well, that I was going to mention that. I was going to say, ask me again who I think is going to win this series after Wednesday because all I'm going to do is watch Kucherov and, and try to determine if he's – game-changing top five player in the league kucherov or he is if he's uh turnover machine you know ghost kucherov yeah yeah that's the thing about kucherov like when he's healthy and on his game which those two things you know aren't always the case for him especially being healthy like i think he's made a glass but when he's healthy and on his game he's a top three player i think in the league like he's he's that good but you know, like Case has mentioned time and time again, his off nights, like he doesn't have, he doesn't have a B game. He doesn't have a B plus game. You know, it's mm. either A plus or it's like a D. Like it's never, you know, and, and the D games too, he might get a point or two. Oh, he'll score. Yeah. But he might cough <laughs> up three up the middle and then not yeah. back check for a fourth goal against or something, you know. Yeah, so. he'll be a nightmare and then in late in the second period score a beautiful goal and it's like, God. Just keep doing that. Anyway, I just think that that is what this Stanley Cup final comes down to, is who can out-defend and out-goaltend the opposition. And uh, in regards to that, I have to give the edge to the Lightning. So I I think it's going to come down to whatever team scores more goals than the other team on each given night. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you you have to you have to clarify on each given night because you can't say in a series because I genuinely think that Tampa could lose the goal scoring in this series by five goals and still win. Like, but again, the point that Case made and it was a really good one. I heard that on another podcast earlier today is that this is Colorado's first real test. They're facing a legit superstar goaltender for the first time in, in these Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this talented forward group uh, responds to that. You know mm. what? You know what's crazy is in this whole conversation we've been having, we've only kind of skimmed the two players who are going to miss time up front, and that's Kadri and Point. 
you know, for their respective teams. I think Colorado misses Kadri a hell of a lot more than Tampa misses point. Yeah. Like I think well, I don't I don't think that Tampa is going to be missing point. I think he's going to be back um, for one. But yeah, mm-hmm. continue check. So. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying that Kadri's the better player. I think point is, and I think that's fairly obvious. But Tampa just is so deep, and their system is just adhered to by every player in the same way. Like they just play such a strong team game where you know you could plug in. Nick Paul, who's playing 3C right now as their second line center. And I don't think this team skips a beat. Like, I think they're that good right now when they're on a tear, when everything's going right for them, as it has been this playoffs. You know, they've been tested a bunch of times. I just think, you know, they're really not going to miss Braden Point, even though he's such a, you know, game changing player because they have so many other guys who can do the same thing. If I can jump in really quickly, yes, absolutely. I agree. I think that, um, Colorado misses Kadri a lot more than Tampa Bay misses Braden Point. And Case is right. It looks like Point is going to be able to come back here. But we've been we talked about Anthony Sorelli before. And it's like you have that guy who just elevates and can take that spot. Or if it's Nick Paul, they don't skip a beat. But what I do have to say about the Avalanche and missing Kadri, I will say though, JT Comfer has really stepped up and he's been excellent in his absence. So I wanted to, I wanted to quickly mention that uh, yeah. on the avalanche side of things. Yeah. Just with Tampa Bay and, and kind of the point that Chad's making here that the last three years of playoffs, they've just been the next player up yeah. and, and that's how they've built this team. It's, it's the next player up. Kucherov's having an off night while Braden points going to win the, the game winner. Uh, Braden points hurt. Nick Paul is the man. Now it's like, it's just the next guy up every single time. Yeah. Yep. And, and in every position. Yeah. 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 And, and here's the quote from Cooper too about, you know, whether or not point is going to be back. He said, I don't know about the probability of game one, but it's extremely probable that he'll play in this series. Whereas Kadri, on the other hand, Colorado hasn't ruled him out officially, but I think it's a, a, a literal broken thumb. Right. So I, I think it's yep. pretty unlikely that he comes back. In, in the cup final here. He he had surgery on it and and that's gonna be really tough to to play with. Yeah. And you know, like shooting the puck in particular. Yeah. I mean, how how do you do that with a broken thumb? I mean, he's an NHL hockey player though. Yeah. Yeah. He could have a broken <laughs> spine and he might play. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying I think it's pretty unlikely he comes back, especially compared to Point, who it sounds like he might even play in game one, you know. And it's not confirmed yeah. yet, but yeah. Oh, what a what a fantastic Stanley Cup Finals matchup this is going to be. Anything to add, uh, boys, before we wrap up? Yes, I have one more question for you guys. I wasn't sure if we we're going to have time to get to it, but I think it can be a quick one. Um, who do you think right now are the front runners for the Conn Smythe Trophy? If you're just thinking about it, I only ask because is it Connor McDavid? And, and it's a serious question. It's a genuinely serious question. McDavid leaves, leads all playoffs right now, all playoff players in scoring by quite a large margin, except for Leon Dreisaitl. 2.06 points per game for McDavid. If he plays you know, anywhere from five to eight fewer games than everybody else in the playoffs, and he still leads by a handful of points... Could the Consmite Trophy seriously go to Connor McDavid? I don't know if if it's ever happened because, like, I think the last guy to win it who wasn't on the winning team was J.S. Chiguerre in 2003 when the Ducks lost. Yeah, they lost in the finals. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if any player of like, yeah, I don't know if any player has ever won it without even being to the finals. But Connor McDavid's performance in these playoffs, like, he was the only reason that they went that far. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that it's possible at all. I think that it's going to either a Colorado avalanche or a Tampa Bay lightning player and probably of the winning team. Yeah. And I, just because I think that the, the people that give out these awards, they have both short-term memory and long-term memory. And the long-term of it is, um, Nathan McKinnon is top 10 all time in points per game in the playoffs and in his career and has also been just an absolute game changer for them so far this year 
or this this playoffs. So and he's going to continue to do that in this series. So if they win, I have to see McKinnon getting it. And Tampa Bay, it's like, I mean, every year we're going. Every year we're going. Oh, it's going to go to Breeden Point. It goes to Kucherov because he's also unbelievable. Or you think it's going to go to Kucherov and Vasilevsky gets it? It's like someone steps up big for them every single year and i think you know vasilevsky's name is going to be again in this conversation so yeah um i don't know i i have a hard time giving it to a player on a on a team that didn't make it to the finals if if edmonton was in the finals and they lost give it to Connor mcdavid 100 mm-hmm. percent. like i feel the same way and if we're looking at history it, i don't think it's ever happened someone can correct me if it if it has you know it gone to a player who isn't in the Stanley Cup final. But the description of the trophy is, you know, to the most valuable player to his team in the playoffs. And like Connor McDavid, no one scored over two points per game in the playoffs in a long, long time, guys. And Connor McDavid was 2.06 this year. So I'm I'm just saying I think there's a serious consideration for it. But also too, how can you not give it to a guy like Kale McCarr? Who has 22 yeah. points as a defenseman in 14 games? Yeah, the, the Norris Trophy also goes to the best defenseman in the NHL each year, and it's strictly based off who scores the most points. Yeah. So, yeah, or you know, it's mostly based off who scores the most points or goals or points per game or whatever. Yeah. So I think that the definitions of these awards might need to change. Yeah. And said that about many of the awards. Um, Oh, did we lose Case? Anyway, yeah. if we lost Case Harp and it's just you and you and I, I just wanted to say I only brought that up because like, I, I just wanted to recognize McDavid's effort because we didn't get to talk about it last week. Like, What an absolute insane performance he's had these playoffs. Yeah. And I think, I think there is a serious question to be had whether or not this trophy can be awarded to someone who's not in the Stanley Cup final, unlikely as that may be. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. We we definitely didn't touch on the two teams that were eliminated out of the final four enough. And I'm glad you brought up McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl as well. What he did playing yeah. hurt because he was really hurting. Um, I'm just so happy for for the Edmonton Oilers for taking a huge step. Um, it, it's, it's huge for that organization. It's been a while. They were kind of underdogs coming in. I don't think, I think a lot of people didn't expect them to get that far. And, uh, their two Ferraris were going and they were going to take them as far as they could. And they just ran into a really good team. So yeah, kudos to McDavid and Drysdale. Hell of a Looked it up. Looked it up for you, Chad. Okay. Four times in NHL history has it gone to a player who did not win the Stanley Cup out of the 50 something times it's been given 56 times the award's been given out. Um, sorry, 51 played for the team that won for the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, Roger Crozier in 1966, Glenn Hall in 1968, uh, Reggie Leach in 1976, all goalies, by the way, so far. Yeah. Ron, he- Ron Hextall, 1987, another goalie. That's Keep going. J.S. Jaguar, 2003, another goalie. Yeah. All goalies yeah. and all went to the finals, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's just, it's tough when you have that additional layer, right? And, you know, it, and especially if the if the Stanley Cup final, I think, goes to seven games, it's like then you look at, okay, like who was the best player in that seven-game series? And then that Western Conference final or that Eastern Conference final becomes a distant memory at that point. So, yeah, but I like I get that. And I'm not even arguing that this should be the case. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here that I think there could be a conversation to be had. Because what if it goes to seven games, right? And that means Tampa Bay has played eight more games than Edmonton. What if no one else has more points in the playoffs than McDavid? And he's played eight less games. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I I do. I mean, what McDavid had, what, 33 points. Yeah. In the postseason. Yeah. And that would have been in like how many games, how many games do they play? Well, seven plus five, that's 12. And then, 
another four, so 16. Yeah, well, there you go. 33 points in 16 <laughs> games. Yeah. I know, there, there's some NHL history buff right now that's losing his mind that I said Reggie Leach was a goalie. Um, he's not, so I just wanted to correct myself before some Philadelphia Flyer who was alive in 1976 shits oh, on. Yeah, but I mean, the trend was there, right? You said Glenn Hall, Ron Hextall, J.S. Shiger were the other three, right? So, yeah, and he's also stand in the photo they use. He's standing side by each with the goalies, so like that oh, okay. also didn't help me. And you know, I don't know who Reggie Leach is, so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, if I'm if yeah. I'm ranking guys right now in terms of how much I think they deserve to win the Conn Smythe, Kale McCarr is probably number one for me. Andre Vasilevsky is probably number two, and then like McDavid might be like four or five. You know? Yeah, I don't think McDavid would accept the trophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably like, wouldn't. Right. Like fuck you. He'd be like, no, I want another trophy the I only the trophy one. i want yeah <laughs> you know what but, i think this is bad too for the oilers the fact that they got this far i know we're getting off topic here a little bit and we should probably wrap up but i think it's probably bad for the oilers that they got this far because ken holland is going to look at his team and think i made the right moves this off season and we're going to see another you know cody cc or duncan keith type ad and then they're going to let jesse pooley walk and they're going to, you know, just commit to Kaylor Yamamoto for too long and too much. And it's going to, I don't know. It just seems like this is affirming that Ken Holland did a good job, whereas it was just McDavid and Dreisaitl carrying this fucking team, you know? I mean, yes. You know, you look at guys like Kane and Hyman, who were also, I think, kind of underrated, um, you know, uh ads and and performers for this team but yeah i mean it's going to be an interesting off season for this hockey club for sure a lot of decisions to be made the next few weeks yeah i have fewer problems with their forward group i actually quite like it now with hyman and and kane and puliarvi and Mm -hmm. yamamoto and all those guys but it's just their back end still one of those guys is gone Heard yeah. one of those guys is gone. It's going to yeah. be Pooley-Arvey, I think. It seems like I, they're more committed to Yamamoto. And listen, yeah. Pooley-Arvey, I'll take him on Toronto. Like, why wouldn't you? Of course you will. <laughs> well, Case, you should be in on him too, being a Devils fan. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, how about that, guys? The team going for their third straight Stanley Cup. And we've got a three-peat here on the podcast when it comes to predictions. So that's uh, that's that's pretty great. Uh, all right. Game one, Wednesday night. Enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back with you next week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.